This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick the two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, more pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is August 18th, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Xavier Curry won six innings, one run, five hits, two walks in six Ks. He did great against the Tigers. He also did well against the White Sox and not good against the Rays. And what do we do here? Well, Curry throws a four-seamer and a slider. The slider has had decent PLV marks and it's had some success in these small samples. But really, it's just did well against the White Sox and Tigers. And I don't really think it's that exceptional of a pitch. And the four-seamer is not a good one. And there you go. I, I don't really think there's much else here. He's getting an extended look uh, inside the rotation of the Guardians with Bieber and McKenzie out. And I still don't really think that this is worth your time, um, especially with the Dodgers up next. And I don't think you're going to go after him with the, the Twins and uh, twins after that. Uh, Spencer Strider did super well against the Giants. Of course, he's going to ace. Brandon Fought did well against the Padres. And once again, he did well when I didn't really expect him to do it. I just don't think that the four-seamer and slider are that good. However, maybe I am underrating that sweeper, um, which is the slider I'm talking about there. And the four-seamer did well getting outs. Uh, we have also seen the changeup show up sometimes, too. Maybe, maybe that's how he is. Maybe he's just a Toby moving forward, and that's that. Uh, he does get the Reds next with them hosting uh, the Reds in Arizona as opposed to going to Cincinnati. I think that's fine, but I do think the floor is pretty bad uh, for Brandon Fought. And even in this game where he came through, it was still five strikeouts and three walks. And it did feel like it was the Padres uh, giving in to what Fought was doing as opposed to Brandon Fought being this exceptional pitcher. But I'm glad it worked. And I guess we can just kind of make him a Toby for that next one. But don't really think... That Brandon Fought is the guy that we thought he was in the beginning of the year. That was with four-seamer dominance, and this is not that. Bryce Miller against the Astros did really well. Got the win with just two two Ks with zero in runs and six-point innings. Yeah, no, this was a very fortunate game. It's nice to see a guy like Bryce Miller, who we are starting anyway, hoping for great things, to just get lucky once. You know, we see a lot of pitchers we're not into get lucky, and sometimes we see these guys who are really good um, not get lucky, and then they get more punished for the mistakes, and that's just that Bryce Miller going, you know what, I'm going to go one for 29 whiffs on my four-seamer, have a sub-50% strike rate on my slider, but and be inconsistent with my sweeper, and still survive. That's nice, but yeah, this was not the good Bryce Miller before, so we get good matchups moving forward. Seth Lugo against the Diamondbacks did really well, nine strikeouts, eight base runners, zero runs in six innings, really good CSW marks on the fastballs, the curveball wasn't as consistent as we normally see, 
But yeah, he's a good stretch ahead of him. We hold on to Seth Lugo. Pablo Lopez ace is going to ace. Good to see the changeup look legit again. Seven over 23 whiffs on that. And not to mention, he also had five over 21 on the sweeper. He's so good. Uh, Julio Casey had a good start against the Cardinals. I don't really buy it, but maybe there's something here if he does get more opportunities. The Mets don't really have him in the rotation at the moment. Um, and if he, even if he were, then he'd get Atlanta next. So I don't really want to go for that. It's a normal Lucchese of the churve. Yes, it's a curveball that is thrown with a changeup grip, grip. It is known as a curveball to Savant. It is known as a churve outside of it. 8 for 31 whiffs here with a 39% CSW. If he's doing that with, with the sinker landing glove side a ton for called strikes, 25% uh, called strike rate, then yeah, that will work. But that's it. And that's not really that high of a ceiling. And yeah, I don't think we're going to see much more of Lucchese. Maybe we do. But it's Atlanta next, so no. Jose Brios is opponent agnostic. That means even in Cincinnati, like yesterday, we still start him. What do you know? 19 whiffs with eight strikeouts, four walks here, zero and runs. Good stuff here. Um, Joey Wentz against the Guardians. I think it was pitching at his peak. Five innings, zero and runs, four hits, two walks, three Ks. 17 whiffs, though. Just a bad put-away rate uh, for those three strikeouts. Uh, Four-seamer had a... 81% strike rate and only two hits allowed, which will take all day. And the cutter was really, really good um, from Joey Wentz. So, uh, you know, he avoided the heart of the plate, had good locations with the cutter. And I don't think he's going to stick around in this rotation. But if he were, it would be around the Cubs. And I don't really think, uh, yeah, I don't really think that he is worth that one. It could also be the Astros. So you can just move on from Joey Wentz. I'm glad he did well here. Brent Kennedy survived against the Jays, but I just don't think there's anything uh, in his east-west approach. Essentially four seamers, not sinkers, uh, on left side. And then, of course, you have changeups in the other one. Um, and left side, I'm sorry, glove side. Um, as he's a right-hander with his changeups going uh, arm side, of course. I just don't really think that is great for right-handers. Against left-handers, that can work, but just not against right-handers. So I don't really know if that's going to... Yeah, I don't want to buy into that. Uh, Peter Lambert did well in cores against the White Sox. That's great. This was the best start of the year. Seven innings of one and run, four hits, one walk, and five Ks. Wonderful, but it's the White Sox. And his changeup won't go 60% CSW moving forward. This is not it. Uh, Brian Bayo against the Yankees is a holly, and he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Get the win and one and run in six innings. Seven uh, base runners, four Ks. Just don't expect him to grow at all the rest of the way. I, if he is going to, it would be in the offseason with a four-seamer in his slider or curveball or something else. We're going to be hearing about it, I'm sure, from Brian Bayo. This offseason, uh, Tarek Skubal against the Guardians got the win, six innings, one and run, three hits, one walk, seven Ks. Did everything you'd want with the Blake Snell blueprint uh, with four seamers upstairs and changeups down. Even got sliders for strikes, even though they weren't the best sliders we've seen. This is exactly what we want from Tarek Skubal as he hovered or flirted with the 96 miles per hour overall. James and Tyon allowed four runs, but only two earned against the Royals, but that means he took the loss. Opposite Cole Reagans, six innings, six hits, zero walks, and three strikeouts. He gets Pirates... Brewers and Giants next, and I'm fine with that as a Toby. JP France, six innings, two hundred runs, seven hits, one walk, and seven Ks. This is great. And now he gets the Tigers. Yes, for this winning ball club. He didn't get the win. Got the loss, two hundred runs, but that's because Bryce Miller got lucky. But yeah, this is fantastic. Uh, sweeper and change need a little bit of improvement. Yes, but the four-seamer cutter and curve are doing great things. Uh, you have Zach Thompson. I'm picking him up. He now gets the Pirates, and he went five innings, two hundred runs, six hits, one walk, five Ks. Not the greatest. But he earned a King Cole with a 40% CSW across 82 pitches. He has Steven Matz's spot. It's cutters being arm side, which is good. The curve being competitive. It was around 50% strikes, a little bit fewer than that. But they were very competitive, right? And there's a difference between just being wild and all of them falling up an arm side or just being bounced a ton. No, they were 
I imagine he can be above a 50% strike rate, if not higher than that, moving forward in that curveball. And the four-seamer confidently pounded the zone. It was really cool. Uh, so I'm here for this against the Pirates with Zach Thompson. Very sneaky pickup uh, for your 12-teamers. Andrew Jackson for the Pirates uh, against the Twins. 4.1 innings of 200 runs and 7 base runners and 6 Ks. This was kind of the best we've seen from him. Only 71 pitches, though, and uh, high CSW on the sliders and change-ups are kind of interesting, but I really don't think that he's that special and doing anything exceptional. All right, Cole Reagans went, and we did a whole watch party for this. I'm going to talk about that, and of course, everybody else, like Alcantara and, and, and Williams and so many more after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? And you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. Cole Reagans against the Cubs got the win and for the first four innings, well really first three, it was fine. We're doing good. And then the fourth inning, he ran into some trouble, bad defense behind him. Uh, obviously he allowed some hits, but he got singled out really. And I was yelling with everybody else. He made some mistakes, sure, but they were not like your Jesus Lazardo mistakes, right? I also think that Cole Reagans was going a little bit too much uh, with the changeup, well, I think the other four pitches are honestly better pitches than his changeup. And to see, uh, you know, against righties, I understand, hey, you're a lefty, throw that changeup down away, that should be really good. But I actually think his cutter up and in is better, and especially with that four-seamer. So I do wonder if that will change. It is a Royals who we don't have the biggest faith in as far as the val mentally. But I do think there's more to like with that changeup down and away. Uh, sorry, than the t- changeup down and away with the curveball and the slider. And at the end of the day, I mean, the, the last inning, the sixth inning, uh, it was insane. He just absolutely overran guys. Uh, he struck out the side, had three pitch strikeouts. One was a two fastballs up and in, and then a perfect slider down and in to Candelario. It was great. And then he blew 98 miles per hour pa- past Patrick Wisdom to end the game. That was 105 and 106th pitch that he threw was at 98 the last one actually 98.4, almost 99. Oh my gosh. So look, you understand my love for, for Cole Reagans. He also gets a much better schedule moving forward. And uh, I'm really happy that he was able to save this one uh, for going six innings and three earned runs. So that's a very poor quality start. Well, actually very, very because it was 10 base runners. But then also nine strikeouts going from six to nine is such a huge jump in value there. Uh, we all know the potential of Cole Reagans. It's just a question of how good his command will be and if he will make the proper adjustments during this development. This is the development period. I get so excited because I can see how this will go as long as there's health. And I really do believe in Cole Reagans for the long term. Uh, short term, you might have some more stumbling. It's true. But it is a better schedule, and I'm just very excited about it, um, concerning he came out of nowhere. Sandy Alcantara against the Dodgers. Ace is going to ace. Not quite yet. Uh, six innings, three earned runs, seven hits, one walk, six Ks. All earned runs came against home runs. 
which is kind of better. It's just solo shots. It's just like, ugh, okay, fine. Uh, 19 wisps for a Gallows pull. That's really cool. Give me one more good game um, as the slider command was excellent here. And I just want him to have a demonstrative great game against a good offense. I mean, this was a 4.58 array and a 133 whip. I don't want that, right? I want better. So I'm going to I feel we are giving him that label after this, but hey, you did not fail us against the Dodgers. So cool. Gavin Williams did fail us against the Tigers, not because of the breaking stuff. The breaking stuff actually was exceptional. It was the four seamers who, the who they they allowed 33% ball in play which is super high I don't really talk about ball in play percentage um but to see 12 balls in play on 36 thrown is just insane and that's more because Gavin Williams didn't get his four seamers upstairs that's really been his skill that's why we've seen these incredible games he would get 12 whiffs not 12 balls in play so that was frustrating I think he's still great. 17 whiffs, 33% CSW. Just get those four seamers a little bit higher up, and the Tigers would not have done that kind of damage. You wouldn't have given the opportunity for them to uh, score anything off of you. Uh, Andrew Keeney is a cherry bomb, and he was a cherry bomb. <laughs> I'm glad to see he's back at 84 pitches after the illness thing, but yeah, he's a cherry bomb. Luis Medina was opened for and was terrible, and we haven't seen that slider for a bit now, and just completely ignore Medina. Also, honestly, ignore Alex Cobb. I know it was Atlanta. All I cared about were the skills. There was only four whiffs on the splitter. He is getting balls in play as he is keeping it down, but I don't want that. I want those balls in play, and I want those whiffs, and we're not getting the whiffs quite yet, so we're not there with Alex Cobb. We haven't seen for ages. Uh, with any sort of consistency. Brandon Woodruff, I was hoping to elevate Ace is going to Ace, but unfortunately not against the Rangers. 5.1 innings of four and runs, three, it's two walks and four Ks. It was two home runs that messed them up um, in the fourth inning. And, you know, I imagine it would have been fine against a worse offense, but uh, it's I was hoping that this would be like the nice little bow to say, look, and he took down a really good offense. So I imagine like in two starts, if Woodruff is just looking like an Ace the next two, then fine, then we have that label. But at the very least, obviously, it doesn't really matter. Uh, for your actual fantasy teams when you're just going to keep starting Brandon Woodruff. Kyle Gibson is a cherry bomb, and that's a blech, and it was uh, Seattle, now Oakland, and, like, that's just who he is. 18 whiffs, 37% CSW, but, like, four runs and nine hits in five innings. It's just kind of who he is. Um, he'll, he even was a cherry bomb inside of the start, right? Tyler Anderson against the Rays. Honestly, didn't pitch so badly. It's four innings, five earned runs, six hits, two walks, three Ks. The line is bad, but what you want is the changeup to be good still and it is and he gets the Mets and Athletics next and he might be good for both of those and not at least one um, reverse that he might be good for at least one of those and not both of them okay there you go uh, just something to consider uh, as a backup streamer um, is Tyler Anderson as Ramos Ramirez it was a bullpen game and he allowed a grand slam to show up Tani Yohan Adon is not doing enough he did try to incorporate sliders more um, to try and have an extra thing on top of the curveball but it was fine but it really wasn't anything that was special. It was like 13 top thrown or something like that. You don't want to go if you want it on. Uh, Michael Lorenzen, uh, after throwing the no-hitter, we generally do see some order, some sort of no-hitter hangover. And we got one, I guess. 3.1 innings of 600 runs, 8 hits, 1 walk, and 1 strikeout. But I don't really think that's what this was because he got extended rest. Normally, that's because you throw more pitches and you're not as good next time because you know, you're going in 5 days and you just get more fatigued. But he got like an 8-day rest here. So, I don't know if that's really it. I think this is just kind of everything catching up to Lorenzen because we all know this wasn't, he's not supposed to be as good as he's been, right? And it's about time he had an unlucky game. So, fine. That's this. We just hope it's a blip. He gets the Giants next and you stole some for that. Johnny Brito is a very cap ceiling anyway, around like five innings of a win, hopefully, and like one or two in runs. And it was against Boston, and it was the other side of that, which was 600 runs and 2.1 innings. We don't really want to go after Brito, save for like the best matchups. Uh, Michael Kopech is hitting 
sitting 93.6, and it was in core, so yeah, that's not good. And Tony Gonsolin, poor guy. I know I haven't been the biggest um, fan of what Gonsolin does for your fantasy teams. At the same time, like I feel for him so much. Tenor runs here to really end this season on just such a bad note because now he's on the IL and there's no expectation with his elbow injury for him to come back this year. So I hope Gonsolin's all right. I hope he hasn't pitched his best ball, essentially, and I hope for him, the human, that he's able to bounce back next year and be someone that is uh, someone that I can really latch onto for your fantasy teams. I'm not going to talk about today's games because I understand that it is not as early as I want to get this one out. So tomorrow's starters we have, and keep in mind, uh, I understand there's a lot of double headers today because of Hurricane Hillary hitting California, and they decided to have the double headers today, which I think is a very wise move, which means we have fewer starters tomorrow, which means even fewer streamers to be desperate for. And oh boy, there's not much to chase here. So Zach Wheeler, Max Freed, uh, sorry, Max, Zach Wheeler, Max Scherzer, and Max Freed are all in that top tier, obvious. Uh, Kyle Bradish, Hunter Brown, Eduardo Rodriguez now going uh, tomorrow as opposed to today because they shuffled it up a little bit, so make sure he's in your lineup there. Logan Allen's on the other side of that against Detroit. Clark Schmidt is the stream pick of the day against the Red Sox. Uh, I think that's a fine one. He's a Toby. That's okay. Is Nick Pavetta on the other side of it? I think he's still fine. I, I'm, I'm going to say that the slider command that was there for so long was a little bit worse last time, but you still got to do it kind of against the Yankees. And Kyle Hendricks, is, I struggle with this. Is he in questionable or probable? I went with probable because it's the Royals and Hendricks has been good enough. And it's just, I feel like you have him going to do it. But I do get it. The Royals are kind of good now. I don't know how much I buy it, but maybe they are. If you want to not do that, I get it. I just felt that the questionable start tier of Cease in course, course isn't as dangerous, and it's just kind of like Cease will do what he does. JP Sears against the Orioles. I mean, those are demonstrably worse than the other three I just mentioned, right? Clark Schmidt, Pavetta, Hendricks. I put them in Poppy Star instead. And then you have Hunter Green against the, the Jays in a still ill situation. If you have Hunter Green in your teams, I say this often to guys. People are like, who do I drop because this guy's coming back? I say no one. Activate them not the day that they're starting. It's often a still ill. It's often not worthwhile for that start. Take advantage of the fact that you don't need to make a move yet. Leave them in there. It does mean that when you do make a roster move, you cannot make one when they're activated. Fine. But if you're talking about anyway dropping someone, who do I want to drop? Just don't do it. Wait one start and you can get an extra four or five days. Maybe it'll be a lot clearer after that who you want to drop. Uh, still, this is still ill for Hunter Green, of course, against the Jays. I'm excited about it, though. Uh, Kenjin Ryu's on the other side of that. It is in, in Cincinnati, but honestly, like, it's not that bad. I think Kenjin Ryu's getting better with more starts. And Emerson Hancock, I know he did not do well against the Royals. It was a grand slam, though. And if he is doing well with his fastballs inside to the Astros batters, while leaning a little bit more, I think, on that changeup against the lefties against the Astros, I think this actually can be okay. Don't rule it out just because of that second start didn't go well. Uh, for Emerson Hancock. And in the do not start tier, there is a desperate play here of Dakota Hudson against the Mets. He has gone six, seven innings before. Um, and Adrian Hauser, Chris Flexen, maybe has desperate plays here. Not fun. Adrian Hauser can just chuck fastballs. I know it's against Texas, but like we've seen it before. Trevor Williams, Jordan Lyles, at least they'll be able to go five, six innings. Carlos Carrasco, I have no faith in. Same with Dallas Keuchel. Alex Wood against Atlanta. Like, is it going to be Jacob Junis first? And if it's, I mean, still Atlanta, like, no, and Osvaldo Beto has not gone the distance in any way. So we don't want to go with any of that. Dakota Hudson is, like, the one I actually was even tempted to put in a questionable start. But come on, it's Dakota Hudson. Can't do it. All right, that is all. Uh, thank you all so much for putting up with my late podcast today. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your bounce be low and your strikeouts high.